Welcome to the Creating Conscious Relationships podcast with your host, Janelle Annette. On this podcast, you're going to be receiving my best teachings, tools, and practices so that you can create a conscious relationship from the inside out. So no matter your relationship status, you're going to find everything you need here to help your relationships thrive, including the one with yourself. Okay, hello and welcome back to another episode of Creating Conscious Relationships. Today we are talking about something very important, which is the ability to respond rather than react. And the main frame I'll be applying this in will be relationships just because it's such a clear example, but there's really, you know, we can respond or react in so many different ways in life, you know, whether that's a decision and make kind of spontaneously reacting and choosing something maybe out of fear or, you know, not really thinking before you just say something or do anything, whether that's career or friendship, right? Um, And then, of course, the obvious romantic relationship side of things. So I'm excited to talk about this. I think it's very important. I think it really can filter out to absolutely everything that we do and ultimately dictates our life because life is a series of choices and responses, right? So we can either react unconsciously and come from, like I said, fear and create choices from that, or we can come from love and we can come from awareness and consciousness and, you know, make choices that are truly aligned with our highest intention. And before I get into any of that, I just want to remind everybody that the online women's group is up and running and you can join at any time. It's been incredible so far. And, you know, I just really am so grateful to be able to offer this because women's groups were really the first place that I ever learned to trust my voice and what I had to say and to be able to believe in who I am and my my gifts as a unique person and also the really important relational skills of like being able to see the light in other people and active listen to them and give feedback and reflections that is not advising right so it's the the true art of holding space is something that you really learn to cultivate um, inside the women's groups and so much more you know we're also talking about relationships and relationship patterns and healing those patterns and also creating a conscious relationship once you're in that and nervous system work and femininity and sensuality and sexuality and all these really important topics that you know, can apply to you, whether you're single dating in a relationship, divorced, right? There's, there's a place for everybody in it. So yeah, if you are interested in learning more, you can actually just message me directly on Instagram about that and ask any questions. If you're wanting to know more of the difference between a program like alchemy, which I talk about a lot here and that, um, you know, you can ask questions just as a, a brief, explanation. Um, Alchemy is going to be much more of a structured deep dive into your relationship patterns. And we're going to be going through a progression that's really, really aiming to create a 180 in terms of how you actually choose to be in relationship and the kinds of people you're attracted to and so on and so forth. So if you're wanting to go really deep into relationship pattern, then alchemy is probably better. 
But if you're looking for community and healing with like-minded women and also a more accessible program, it's only a hundred bucks a month. The online women's group is a really, really great place to start. So again, you can just message me your questions and do know that it is an application process. We're not taking everybody. We want to make sure that this work is right for you and that you're getting the level of support that you need. So you will need to fill out an application to join and you'll find more information on that application in the show notes. And on that note, let's dive into the episode. So I want to start just by using an example, and I'm going to use an example kind of coming from the lens of somebody who might have anxious attachment that is in relationship. And if this doesn't apply to you, just listen to the themes because there's, you know, it might look a little bit different in this scenario, but there's ways that you could probably see yourself no matter your attachment style um, and whether you're, you know, seeing this in a romantic relationship setting or not. Okay. So let's say you're in a relationship and your partner hasn't been texting you back all day and you start to become anxious and get a little bit upset. And then all of a sudden you start making meaning in your mind. You, you start creating a story, right? And that might go something along the lines of, you know, they don't care about me or, they're probably angry with me. You know, I said that thing, maybe they took it the wrong way or, you know, whatever. You'll, you'll find some kind of meaning there. And then cue the reaction. Okay. So this could look different for really anybody, but in this example, it could be something like, you know, messaging them over and over again, or playing games and being like, fine, well, if you're not going to text back, then I'm not going to text back. I don't care. Right. So finding some way to respond to the story of the narrative you created in your mind. And it's important to say that all of this is simply an attempt to protect yourself. Right. And it creates a ripple effect in your relationships because you're trying to feel safe, you know, and then you you might imagine from this point, if if your partner comes home, no matter what they say or what's been going on for them, if you've been living in this state of, you know, validating your fearful thoughts or stories in your mind, you're going to be engaging with them as if that were true, right? If they're, as if they're mad at you or as if, you know, you're kind of upset with them and you want to create distance or whatever goes on, but you're going to be, again, responding or reacting from that place of discomfort that you've been living in. So now let's paint a picture of doing this a little bit differently and doing this with somatic awareness and mental awareness. Okay. These are two really important things that I do a lot of in my work. And I'm very big on because it is these simple, but potent shifts that actually make the biggest difference. And I'll give a little bit of context here. Somatic work is really about bridging the mind and body connection. It's about being able to understand how the sensations in our body coming from our, you know, our our nervous system are causing these external reactions. So we're really bridging that gap so we can have a better chance to respond to life, to regulate, to to approach life and choices and relationship from a feeling of safety rather than lack of safety, right? And it makes the biggest difference. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more as we go. So going back to the example, your partner's not texting you back all day. You start to feel this anxiety. You start to make up these stories in your mind. Instead of carrying through how you might have before, you begin noticing how the anxiety is showing up in your body and you begin separating 
yourself from the thoughts that you're creating in your mind. And you choose to slow down, right? You don't respond externally. You're not concerned about texting them in a certain way or not, right? You're just going to, you know, in this example, let's say put your phone away and go lie down. And then you begin to work with what's called a somatic scan. Okay, let's say you have this tool. Somatic scan would essentially just be using your awareness to scan over your entire body and try to pick up for the sensations that are coming up for you because of this situation. Okay, and so then you might notice as you pay attention, ooh, okay, I feel like a weight in my chest. I feel really hot. And I feel this like pressure in my head and maybe kind of this like, tingling all over and I'm just uncomfortable. And, you know, it's very clear in that moment that that, that draw to, you know, either text them over and over again or not text them is an attempt to protect yourself, but doing so by trying to alleviate these sensations. It's the sensations you're trying to avoid, right? It's, it's often the sensations we're trying to avoid in life that cause us to create so many of our choices, right? If we're zooming out of this example for a second, we think about numbing, we think about going to our phone, substances, shopping, Netflix, right? It's it's actually all an attempt just to soothe or escape our uncomfortable feelings in our body. So somatic work is a gift because it allows us to be with those sensations without feeling like we need to run, right? Without getting so overwhelmed by it, right? We, we really learn how to feel without giving it so much meaning. So all of a sudden being in our body and being with these sensations isn't impossible and it isn't so overwhelming and we don't need to resort to numbing behaviors to feel better. So again, coming back to this example, you know, now you've done the somatic scan, you're aware of your body, you're aware of these sensations. And so now you want to work with it a little bit, right? Instead of running to that thing to soothe or that response, that reaction. So you decide, okay, I'm going to start just working with my breath a little bit. And my, my guide, Janelle, reminded me that when I'm feeling, you know, in an activated state, I tend to breathe shallow and in my chest. Okay, this is a common one for everybody. And so instead, I'm going to remember to breathe deeply from my belly. Okay, that's a, you know, a way of breathing that can help us calm our nervous system. And then you decide, okay, I'm going to go for a walk in nature and I'm going to use the peripheral vision practice that Janelle gave me. Okay. So what that would look like is instead of hyper-focusing on one um, object, maybe what you would do if you were walking somewhere, you actually use this practice of expanding slowly from one point in the center, your awareness of your entire visual field until you get all the way out into your peripheral vision and kind of try to pay attention to it all at once. And this is the kind of vision that you actually are naturally in when you're in a parasympathetic state, when you're in a relaxed, calm nervous system state. So what we're doing is we're working with tools and practices of having a regulated nervous system when we don't so that we can essentially arrive there. So we can bring ourselves back into safety rather than rely on the world to do that for us, right? We try to control things. We react because we essentially want to feel safe. We want to have the things happening around us to be in such a way that we feel safe, but we don't actually realize that that's largely an internal job. And of course, just as a disclaimer, 
if somebody is being harmful or abusive or anything like that, I'm not saying that that's entirely on you just to work through and feel safe within, right? Of course, there's probably something external you need to do about that. But I'm really talking about these more subtle shifts we can make internally to help support us. Of course, we're, you know, we're going to have to learn how to set boundaries, navigate relationships, and maybe end some relationships and start new relationships. Like, yes, there are things we do in the external world, but we get to create a sense of safety internally so we can make choices that are actually, again, in line with love or safety or trust, right? Rather than fear. And so back in the example, you could then see how you get home and eventually your partner comes back and they tell you about their day and all of a sudden why they weren't responding maybe it makes complete sense. Maybe they had something go on for them or whatever, right? And because you had worked on regulating your nervous system in the in-between time and calming yourself and giving yourself what it is that you needed, you can then show up to your partner with love and openness and presence, right? Because you're calm or you're trusting uh, rather than maybe putting up walls or stirring up a fight. Okay. And again, I'm not talking about if you have an intuitive pull that maybe something is happening that doesn't feel good. I'm not saying disregard your intuition and always make it a you needing to regulate your feelings kind of thing. So if there's some kind of, you know, ongoing behavior from a friend or a partner or a colleague that just doesn't sit right and you are having this continual reaction, that's maybe something to look into separately, okay? I'm talking more about isolated experiences of feeling really anxious and, and finding better ways to, again, feel and respond, but really not trying to encourage anybody to ignore an intuitive sense. We can kind of separate when something's intuitive and ongoing and, you know, there's something quite clear that we can sense that might be going on that doesn't feel good or when it's just, you know, a one-time kind of thing that we can, we can just simply learn to regulate ourselves. Okay. So hopefully that distinction makes sense. You know, the overall message here is that we, we can't control what happens around us or to us, right? We can only really influence how we respond to these situations. So again, I'm not saying that bad things don't happen or people can't be a victim to certain situations. Of course they can. That absolutely is happening. But we can really only respond how we are showing up to those situations, whether it's just an internal state and the shift that we make within that or a decision to walk away from a person or just do something differently, right? So this sounds simple, but life is actually just a giant collection of choices and responses, right? It's these moment to moment things that really create your entire life. So to choose wisely is to choose from a state of safety and trust, to make a life out of love and limitless possibility and trust and connection and depth versus fearful assumptions that things are going to go wrong or people aren't going to choose you or people are angry at you or people did something bad, right? So ultimately, if you choose from fear, you tend to sabotage yourself. Whereas if you choose from safety, you can trust the road ahead and really go for your best case scenario. Not saying it'll always go amazingly, but if we keep coming back to trust, if we keep cultivating a sense of safety internally, we're much more likely to continue on and persevere, whether that's, again, career, love, friendship. If we keep opening and trusting, and of course, still having boundaries, still being empowered, still you know, having our don't fuck with me energy, which I talk about a lot, but we can ultimately just keep 
ongoing and being discerning, but keeping ourselves open to life and open to love from this lens of, I feel safe in my body. I feel safe in life, right? At the very least, I feel safe within myself. I know that no matter what happens around me, I've got me and I know how to take care of myself. Now, the other point I want to make is what if you are in a relationship and they, your partner says something in the moment that causes a reaction, you get really maybe upset, maybe you disproportionately react. How do you navigate that when, you know, it's maybe you don't have a few hours by yourself to do some breathing or walk in nature, right? So the first thing here is if you did really need, you could hopefully learn to get to a point where you say, hey, I just need a few minutes to breathe. And then I'm going to come back to this conversation because part of me is, you know, not able to actually hear what you're saying, or I can't actually respond to you in a way that's going to be helpful for this conversation because I'm really activated right now. So I need a moment. So you could create that sense of space just to be able to take care of your internal world to then come back at the conversation when you're feeling a bit better. In fact, I tend to recommend to my clients who are in relationship that they don't try to resolve the relationship's biggest, you know, conflicts or dilemmas when they're in a state of activation, because it tends to just not go very well. So in really encouraging people to just take that space, whether it's five minutes and, you know, sometimes the partner might not understand that and it might be difficult for them, or maybe even brings up their sense of feeling abandoned or like you don't care, but, you know, talking about these things, maybe when you're not activated can also be helpful. Like, Hey, this is what I'm going to start trying if, you know, the next time we get into a conflict and it's because here's where my mind goes or, you know, I create these stories in my head or I react and I'm doing this so that I can, you know, really come from a place of love and openness towards you rather than fear. So if you can kind of give them that context ahead of time, that can be helpful as well. This is a pattern you can see happening in your relationships. And another thing you could just even do in the moment, if you, you know, aren't walking away to take some space is before you go to speak, Take a deep breath. Just take one deep breath before you respond. Okay, this is something one of my teachers used to always say is that before you respond to anybody, just take a conscious breath. It's a pattern interrupt of saying, instead of just getting right into that moment, this is what I want to say, or maybe you haven't even been really listening to your partner and you've just been waiting to say what you want to say to prove your point is right or whatever it might be, choosing to stop, take a breath. Give yourself one moment. Feel your feet on the floor. Put your hands together. Feel the sensation of your palms touching. It sounds so simple, but these little grounding somatic practices of just coming into deeper awareness of our body, even though we might not get it perfect, can help to interrupt that pattern of just reacting, right? So the more space we can give ourselves, I call this the sacred pause, the sacred pause before you really do anything. And this can apply to not just romantic relationships, but so many things, right? If you're a person that tends to make really spontaneous purchasing decisions, take a moment, pause. Doesn't mean you can't buy the thing or do whatever. Just take a moment, choose to come from a place of feeling grounded rather than just caught up in some maybe emotional reaction. Okay. So we're just giving ourselves that time and space. Another thing you can do is mind report, which I talk about a lot in my work with clients. You can say to your, let's say in the partner example, the meaning I'm making in my mind is that you think I'm whatever you think I'm stupid. And that's why you're talking to me like that. 
Okay. So just by reporting what's going on in our mind without saying it directly, case the, the alternative could be, do you think I'm stupid or something? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Getting upset, right? And, and assuming that to be true. But the mind reporting, the first example I gave is to say, hey, this is the meaning I'm making in the mind. This is the story I'm creating. I recognize it's not necessarily true, but here's where I'm coming from. And this might be why I'm feeling hurt or reactive or whatever, because this is how I'm interpreting what you're saying. And so in that moment, you also then give your partner an ability to see into you deeper and to know how to maybe respond a little bit differently or to say, hey, that's not actually where I'm coming from. I don't think you're stupid or I don't think you're incapable or I don't think you're this. It's that, you know, maybe I'm concerned about this or maybe they have their own stories as well, right? I'm feeling like I wasn't maybe as helpful as I could have been or I, you know, whatever it could be like, of course, both people's wounds are dancing together and it sometimes create these, con- these confusing <laughs> mucks of conversation where people are just kind of saying what they want to say and not really listening to the other. So the mind reporting tool can be very, very, very helpful and healing and to just create more compassion as the two of you communicate, um, especially if there's a lot of fire here because it helps you see or, or them see your innocence, right? hey, this is why I'm feeling really hurt because this is the story I'm telling myself in my head right now, right? Um, So it just gives another opportunity for a bit of a pattern interrupt rather than taking on your stories as ultimately true. So, you know, a big component of all of this is knowing your mind. So I've talked about the somatic stuff. The other thing is knowing your mind because you need to be able to separate those stories and those narratives and your painful beliefs from what is reality, right? If you are unconscious or unaware of the deeper seated belief systems, especially the painful ones that you hold in your subconscious mind, you will be ultimately creating a life from those reactionary states, from those beliefs. You will assume them to be true. This is obviously problematic for so many or on so many levels, but this is also how we create our life. This is where we create our choices from. This is where we choose partners from. This is how we either show up to our careers or not, right? So everything comes from these deeper seated unconscious belief systems and to know your mind or to do shadow work is to pull all of these things up to the surface to be able to recognize how they might be driving you in life or co-creating the patterns that you're experiencing coming out in your life, right? Whether it's uh, dysfunctional relationship patterns, conflict, you know, self-sabotage, numbing, like all these things that we might struggle to do. And you might consciously even say, well, I know it's maybe because of this, and maybe I witnessed this in my past, or maybe it's because I think I'm not good enough, but it kind of stops there. We're not going to be able to move forward. So the first step in the work that I do with clients is really helping them have a deeper seat of awareness in their own mind to be able to understand how their belief systems are impacting them today. And then furthermore, what do we actually do about that? How do we separate yourself from the stories that you're telling yourself? And on top of that, create more safety in your body so you could have, you know, do differently in the world. So in the work that I do, it's, you know, it's not just awareness and knowing your belief systems. It's also figuring out what is the counter kind of action you need to be taking to actually see a real change in your life. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you are 
somewhere along the way in your personal growth journey and you've probably explored these topics before and if not that's okay too but you likely have a lot of awareness of maybe where some of these things originate from or your background your history the way that that's now shaped you know your your life but you're probably at a point where you say what do I actually do with all of this information and how do I actually change it right so Deeper awareness of your belief systems will always be helpful, but then, of course, we have to figure out how to create more safety and expansion in the nervous system, more capacity to stay open, to stay trusting, to stay whatever it is that you need on the other side of your fear, and then also the integrative steps to actually make those things um, come to fruition in your everyday life, okay? So... If you'd like to go a little bit deeper in this exploration, I will invite you to create a list of things that you feel like you have reacted to in the past. Okay. It could just be a few and think about in the moment, the meaning you might have made of it at the time. So you could even just have the prompt, the story I made up in my mind was, and you might find that through those different reactions, they all have different meanings that you made. But you might also begin to see that there's common meaning makings that are linked to these more reactionary states. And if you can figure that out, you kind of have that secret sweet spot of, ooh, okay, so when anything happens in my external world that I find a way to make it mean this, that's when I have these really big reactions. And then that's your cue that there's some deeper work that can be done there because you're going to see that there's some part of you that maybe hasn't that needs to do some healing around that story you have in your mind. So working with that might just mean you're going to work towards not believing that story next time it comes up, separating yourself from a little bit. You might want to un- try to understand where did that originate from? At what point in my life did I kind of inherit that? And then maybe you could even do some resolution work around this. Maybe go back into that time where you first felt like that, or you first made that meaning, or somebody first told you that thing and try to, you know, comfort maybe your inner child around that experience. Say like, Hey, you're not those things, or this isn't true. Right. And of course the resolution that, that I take clients through is a little bit of a deeper process, but if you're just trying to guide yourself through something, just do something light, just do something affirming. And then of course, next time that reaction comes up, know that that's likely there. And if the meaning you made is the same thing, you're going to be that much more aware of it in the moment. And then from there, you'll be able to take that sacred pause, take that breath, feel your body, or go out and do a practice where you're breathing, where you're talking to your inner child, or you're in nature, or you're crying, or just doing whatever it is that you need to do instead of responding externally. The more awareness we have, ultimately, the more conscious we can choose to be in life because we're almost meditative in every moment of saying, Ooh, I'm doing this thing again. I can separate myself from that. And then through that place, I can actually choose to show up differently and respond rather than react. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you got so much from it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review Uh, really supports the show. And I'm just so grateful for all of you who are here listening. And if you have any questions about anything that I shared or just want to know more about me and my work, you can connect with me over at Instagram, which is again, linked in the show notes, or you could send me an email directly. My email is hello at JanelleAnnette.com. 
So that's it. I hope you have a beautiful day. I'm sending you lots of love and be well.